Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. You are listening to Calvary Live. This is the call-in radio show where you can call with your questions about the Bible, uh, your questions about uh, cults, if you're, if you're curious if a group that you've had interactions with is a cult or not. Um, your questions about groups that you know about, that maybe the Mormons or the, the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, it's a great place to call in with questions about eschatology, the study of the end times, or uh, really any of your Bible questions. Also, we would love to answer any of your prayer requests that you may have. If you have a, a prayer request, we'd love to, to chat with you and to pray with you for that. Uh, the phone number to call is 303-690-3000. And the number to text, if you'd like to send in a text question, is 720-336-0897. Once again, the phone number to call is 303-690-3000. And the number to text is 720-336-0897. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel Vale Valley uh, up in the mountains of Colorado. And, you know, it's been quite a while, actually, since I've hosted this show. I'm very glad to be back uh, with you guys today. I used to host regularly on Mondays and uh, traded that off a little while back. Um, but it's good to be back and good to be here answering your questions. And uh, any of my friends there in the Denver area that would like to call in, feel free to give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text 720-336-0897. We're also broadcasting in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, and I believe we've expanded to a couple other markets uh, recently as well. So I uh, would love to hear from any of you that would like to call in with a question today. And, uh, you know, I was in our church, we, we recently started studying the book of Nehemiah, which was one of my favorite books of the Bible. Uh, just the, the, the ideal of re- rebuilding, restoring, and renewing that you see throughout the book of Nehemiah is an amazing, amazing uh, journey that you get to walk through with him. And we studied a part of chapter one this past week, and we looked at the fact that uh, the city of Jerusalem, when we come to the book of Nehemiah, the city of Jerusalem has been in ruins for uh, almost 200 years. It's been 100 years since the first group was sent back uh, to go and rebuild the temple. And so the temple's been done for nearly 100 years, and the rest of the city is in ruins. And kind of looking at this heart of Nehemiah that God stirred up to send him back to his people to go back and uh, bring uh, restoration to the city. And, you know, when, um, when we look at that, the thing that kind of popped out to me is this city has been inhabited for nearly 100 years. And all these other people didn't have a heart to rise up and rebuild the city. Uh, they got used to it being broken down. They, they became normalized to, to the broken state of their lives. And it just kind of got me thinking about how often are, are we, uh, how, how do we become numb? Do we become used to the things that are broken in our lives or in our community so that we stop even noticing them? And we want to have that heart of Nehemiah that breaks, that breaks for the things that are broken in our lives 
and the things that are broken in other people's lives so that we can allow God to use us to make a difference. So once again, the phone number to call today is 303-690-3000. And the number to text if you have a question is 720-336-0897. And I'd like to go to Phil from Denver on line one. Phil, welcome to the program. Uh, hi. Um, yeah, I had a question about homosexuality. Um, my, my brother is, uh, is gay, and he used to be kind of struggling against homosexuality, and now he's not fully accepted that. And um, and his kind of justification for it is that, like in Leviticus, there was the prohibition against using mixed fabrics and clothing, and how we don't abide by that as Christians today. And so, basically, saying we don't have to abide by um, the prohibition of homosexuality in in, old, in the Old Testament. Yeah. That's a great question, Phil. Thanks for thanks for asking. And uh, I think there's two sides to this question that we need to look at. The first side is what is the truth that we see in the Bible? What is the truth that we see in the Bible? And the second side is how do we love people in light of that truth? Uh, because you know we're called to speak the truth in love, as we see in, in the scriptures, right? And so I, I want to start first with what is the truth, and then we'll talk about how we love people in light of that truth. Uh, and so the truth that we see in Scripture is that that homosexuality, uh, practicing homosexuality, is not God's design for our sexuality as human beings. Um, and I know what your brother's referring to in Leviticus, you know, and there's other uh, odd scriptures that you see in Leviticus that we don't follow today, you know, like where it says, don't cut the corners of your beard and some of those things, those, those laws that we, that we don't currently adhere to. Um, and that might be a valid point if it wasn't addressed in the New Testament as well. And uh, homosexuality is addressed in the New Testament in multiple places as being a, a sinful action, the practice of homosexuality. Now, I want you to just get this clear. Uh, what the Bible has to say is that the practice of homosexuality is a sinful action, much like uh, the practice of um, you know any of your sexuality outside of the marriage covenant. And so that, that could be uh, a heterosexual um, sexuality that's practiced outside of the marriage covenant is, 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 is sinful behavior, just like homosexuality is sinful behavior. You see this in Romans chapter 1. Uh, you see it in many different places throughout the scripture. Um, and so then we have to take what we see in scripture, that it's a sinful practice, and reconcile that with how we love people that are wrapped up in it. And I think it depends on the situation that you're in, but, um, but we want to take the truth and speak the truth in love. And so for your brother, obviously, it, it, it's not something that you want to do to just be going and saying, hey, you're a sinner, you're, you're walking in sin by practicing this, you know. Um, you want to love him and, and, and lovingly share the truth with him. And I have, uh, I have several friends that I care about deeply that are believers that struggle with what, what, what they call, they, don't, they choose this term because they don't like to identify as gay or homosexuals. Um, they, they use the term same-sex attraction, okay? So I have several friends that are really solid believers that are walking with the Lord. They're not practicing homosexual action, but they are, the way that they deal with lust and attraction is they're attracted towards people of the same sex, same-sex attraction, right? And so... These people have chosen to say, I'm not going to walk in what the Bible clearly says to me is a sinful lifestyle. And so, uh, yes, I recognize that this is a battle for me. 
This is something that I face, uh, that I have to continually to choose to subject myself to the Lord, but I, I'm not going to walk in that lifestyle. So, so I have several friends that uh, are, you know, deal with that. They, they struggle with same-sex attraction um, and don't practice active homosexual practice, okay? So that, that's something I want to clarify there. It's not a matter of it being sinful that someone has those thoughts or, um, or deals with that struggle. Uh, I think most men, you know, identify with the struggle of, uh, of lust on some level, you know, having had issues with that currently or in the past, most men would admit to that if you asked them. Um, and so I, I think it's no different for the person that, that struggles with that when it comes to, to homosexuality. Where it becomes different is when you take action on that. So let me just put it this way. I love my wife and I'm married. I've been married for 16 years. And um, if I were to be attracted to someone other than my wife, and then I had that thought or that feeling, but then I squash that thought and that feeling and I move on, that's not necessary. I didn't act on that, that temptation that came into me, right? But if I were to go and have an, an affair with that person, that makes me sinfully responsible before God and my wife, and it would be a, it'd be a horrible situation, obviously. But similarly, you know, someone that struggles with that lust or that same-sex attraction, um, the, the feeling of it or the thought that pops into their head, that's something that they can't really necessarily control. It's what they do with that as a response to that. It's a temptation of it. Isn't yeah. A sin, but the acting on it. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so this is, this is where it gets hard, though, because our current culture um, says that it's not only not a sin, it's actually good. And we should encourage people to engage in that. If they are dealing with same-sex attraction, we should encourage them to uh, be to, to just accept that they are homosexual. And that, that's what the current culture would say, right? Now, as Christians, we don't want to encourage people towards something that's going to push them away from the Lord, and a sinful behavior is going to push them away from the Lord. And so that's where we have to be really careful, you know, in, in, in who we're talking to and how we're pointing them towards Jesus. And so um, the, the challenge then becomes to love that person that's that is practicing homosexuality you know if that's your brother or if that's whoever that we interact with uh, and share truth with them in a, in a manner that's non-judgmental and non-threatening and really demonstrates to them the love of Jesus Christ and I think the biggest thing that I, that I come away with when I think about um, people that are engaged in homosexual behavior is they already feel condemned by Christians they just do because they know what we believe as, a, as in general, right? They generally know what we believe. And so the, when, they, when you interact with somebody and you say that you're a Christian, somebody that's, that's homosexual, their first thought is, oh, this person's going to judge me. This person's going to condemn me. And what we need to do is share with them instead of, you know, they, they, they understand what we believe to a certain extent about their behavior what they need to see is the love of Jesus that, that Jesus would have for them. And I think the, the difference is, you know, if you were to talk to somebody on the street who was living with and sleeping with their girlfriend, um, that person is not going to automatically feel condemned by you because you're a Christian, right? That's, that they're, they're, they're not going to necessarily have that thought. Um, and so when we interact with that person, it's the same as when we interact with 
uh, somebody that's wrapped up in homosexuality, the first thing we talk about isn't going to be their sexuality, right? It's going to be Jesus loves you. Yes, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner too. Yes, you know, they're, they're everything. I mean, envy is a sin, right? And I'm not, I'm not equating envy with homosexuality, don't get me wrong, but all sin makes us guilty before God. And so what they really need to know is that there's a Savior who loves them and desires to save them. And then I think when somebody starts to, to, to engage with Jesus in relationship, then it's a matter of talking about, okay, hey, you're, you know, homosexuality is something that's not, it's not an appropriate uh, practice for someone who calls himself a Christian um, because it's a sinful behavior. Um, and so it, I think it's just, the, the, the key is really being sensitive and approaching that person with the love of Christ and the truth of the scripture and that, that balance there that, that is really so hard to grasp because I think sometimes people are, go to the extreme of what we would call love to with the with to the exclusion of truth, right? So, uh, I think where your brother is probably coming from is I, I, he's, he he might have or maybe not he might have found a group of Christians who are accepting of his practice. Do you know if he? Yeah, he's going to a, a gay affirming church. It's what he right. would call it. Uh, okay. Yeah, and you know, so there there are those out there, and so that it's they're expressing the love to the exclusion of the truth, and then there's the other side that would express the truth to the exclusion of love, right? And so the, the balance is in the middle of that, coming to the fact of this is, no, the Bible does say this, but Jesus died because of this. Jesus, not just because of this, because of all of our sin, right? And it, it's it, you're not just a sinner because you're practicing homosexuality. You're a sinner because of everything else in your life as well. All of it needs to be saved. And Really, I think when it comes down to it, when we think about being a Christian, our sexuality is probably one of the least things that God's going to ask for us, from us. You know, I mean, He's going to ask us for so much more. Je you know, Jesus said, "Count the cost if you're going to follow Me. It's going to cost you your life." Um, and you know, we have to be willing to give that up. And so, uh, but I, I think that's the the challenge is to balance with. Um, that balance the truth with the love on that, you know, um, it, right in the middle of there so that you're loving and, and caring for the person that's wrapped up in the sinful behavior. It's the same as if that person was in any other sin. You know, you speak the truth and you speak the love of Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess what I'm hearing is, you know, speaking the truth and, and love and, um, and trying to do that as, as often, you know, as much as I can. Um, I guess if I want to convolute a little bit, I have uh, I have two boys, uh, a 17 month old and a four month, a four year old, and um, and I I guess I'm a little leery now that he's not um, struggling with this anymore, and he's pretty much given himself over to you know this perversion. You know, um, mm -hmm. a little leery of leaving him to babysit or whatever, and I don't know, maybe this is more of just a personal thing, but. Uh, you know, I don't know if I, if I should, you know, you know, I don't know if you were here. I'm getting. Yeah. So, so you're worried about your, your, because of his, because of his practice, you're, right. you're concerned about him being with your kids. Is that alone? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, just because maybe if, you know, since he's not struggling with it, would that perversion go into different areas? Could that go into, you know, pedophilia or something else or whatever well, and become something you know, that would damage my, my sons, you know, or whatever. 
Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I think it. I don't. I don't know. I. I think you'd have to know what, what your brother. I mean, if your brother was molested as a child, um, then I would have concerns about that. But here's here's my take on it. I, I have three young kids, and uh, my wife and I had a rule from the moment our kids were born that we would not have any men by themselves watching our kids. Uh, when we have boys and girls, and it, it, any men. I mean, when I, I, my assistant pastor at one point, it was like, you know, I, I trust this man immensely, but he's not going to watch my kids by himself. And I, and I know that's maybe a little bit overprotective, but I think that the reality is that because of the way that we men are wired, we, we, we um, have a, a focus on um, sexuality and a sex drive that is greater than that of, of women. And, and I think that uh, we just wanted to really be careful with our kids, honestly. And so I, I'm not saying that about your brother. I think for me, for me, it's like the question would be, I can't think of, you know, my, my uh, siblings, I have two brothers, I leave my kids with either of them by themselves. And not because I don't trust my brothers, I trust my brothers immensely. Um, but generally we it's like we either leave them with a couple or we leave them with a female and not that it, they're totally safe with a female either but just that's kind of been our rule now when it comes to your brother i do know that some people that i have known that struggle with same-sex attraction some of my friends that i talked about they were molested when they were a child and that's what for them they believe led to that i know that there are others that weren't or at least don't remember that and so it doesn't mean that because because he's struggling with that 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 he um is has any sort of tendency towards molestation or pedophilia or anything like that I, I don't believe that that's a cause and effect um type of thing there so i i would just you know i would pray about it and and see between you and and your wife i guess it and see if that's something that you're comfortable with um but for us we just said just to make it easy and so that we had a very clear line and we didn't have to hold some people to it and other people not we just said we're not going to leave our kids with men that by mm -hmm. themselves so mm -hmm. okay well thank you sure um let, can we pray for your brother oh, absolutely thank you yeah that'd be great um let's let's go ahead and, and bring him before there lord we just come before you right now and we just lift up um phil's brother and you know where he's at. He obviously knows some level of truth about you, Lord, um, because he knows your, your some of your word and, and he knows some of the things that it says, Lord. And, and I know um, that, that there's a, a great struggle when you're dealing with that and you feel like you don't have an option but to, to feel that way, Lord. But I show, pray that you would just show him that you have so much more in store for him. You have such bigger plans for him and that, Lord, he doesn't want to settle for less than your best for him. And your best is not this, Lord. Um, so often we settle for less than your best. We settle for, for things that we think will make us happy, and they really ultimately don't, Lord. Uh, and so I pray that you would just give him a great peace uh, and hope and security in you. I pray that you would draw him by your Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray that you would use Phil in his life just to, to, to love him towards you uh, and speak just truth and love to his life, Lord. And I pray... Um, for other believers in his life just to come around him and to share the truth of your love with him and the truth of the deliverance that you offer from, from all of the things that we face, Lord, and the freedom that's found in you. And so we just lift up this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for your call, Phil. Have a great day.
All right, you are listening to Calvary Live. This is the call-in radio show where you can call us with your questions about the Bible, about life, about cults. Uh, um, if you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray with you. You can call us today at 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000. Or you can text 720-336-0897. I'd like to go to Tamara on line three. Tamara, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. I had a question on, I guess I'm I'm just new to following God the way I, I want to follow Him now, and I do. And so for most of my life, I'm not a very trusting person just for a lot of reasons. Okay. Um, but you hear about, you guys were just talking about homosexuality and sin. Um, I guess I don't understand that I feel like if you God knows what's in your heart, and, you know, sometimes we can change who we are, and sometimes we can't, and when are sins not forgivable by God, and when are they? How do you know that with so much information? Yeah, that's a great question, Tamara. Thanks for, for calling in. And, you know, here's what the Bible says is that there's only one unforgivable sin, um, do you know? Do you know what I'm referring to when I say that? Uh, just being away from God. Well, it, it is in a sense, yeah. Um, the 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 only unforgivable sin that we see in the Scripture is what is called uh, the, the um, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and so when we look at that, it, Jesus said, "There's only one. All manner of sin may be forgiven man, but there's one sin that will not." And that's what's called blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And really, what the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is and refers to and means is really it, it's fully and finally rejecting the work of God. Uh, in the context of the scripture that it's talking about, it's in Mark chapter 3. You can go there and look at it later if you want to. But it's, um, it is where the, the, the scribes there are attributing the work of God to the work of Satan. And um, what Jesus is saying as he responds to them is all manner of sin will be forgiven, but one thing won't. And that one thing that won't is when you reject God, you reject the work of God in the lives of his people. And um, really, when we boil that down to a practically, what does that mean in our lives? The, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is really, it's really fully and finally rejecting the gospel, rejecting what Jesus is offering us um, to be saved. And um, so any other sin can be forgiven. I mean, anything, murder, homosexual practice, envy, lying, all of that stuff. I mean, it's all, it's all sin and it all causes death in our lives. All of those things can be forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross. But right. um, really, we have to accept what Jesus did on the cross and trust him. And honestly, we have to, we have to accept that our sin is sinful. Um, and, you know, when we see it, when we see in the scriptures, it says, you know, such were some of you and, and, you know, we don't walk continually in that sin. That's kind of how we evidence our walk with the Lord. Um, I think that's, you know, it's anything we do can be forgiven and we all sin every single day. We all mess up every single day. Um, but I, I, what really d d delineates the believer from, and that will be saved from the person that, that, that ends up in hell is rejecting God's offer of grace 
and not receiving it. And okay. so um, when we when we allow sin into our life and when we allow the, the, the sway of sin into our life, the power of sin into our life, um, and we don't allow Jesus to set us free from that sin, it, it starts to show that we're not walking with him or maybe we haven't fully accepted what he's offered us and some of those things but really the only sin that you can't that can't be forgiven is rejecting uh what he's done does that make sense yeah yeah it does excuse me i think um being that i'm so new i mean i always believe in jesus and what he did for us yeah i believed it but i didn't feel it i yeah say it you know when as i was growing up um didn't really go to church, but I was called Luther. And then when I got married and had children, um, they were raised Catholic because that's what my ex-husband was, was Catholic. Okay. And so, oh, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, but um, so for a lot of reasons, I just went cold. I went, you know, after my divorce, my kids grew up, moved out of the house. I just went cold. Mm -hmm. I mean, I thought, I'm never going to love anybody. It's too hard. I'll always be the one getting hurt. Yeah. And I think now, and it's still hard for me, and I, I work on it every day, every day. Um, because I can tell you that I believe 100% in God, and I do, but I don't know enough be in love with God, and that's where I, the point that I want to get to, but I feel so guilty for so many of my sins, and I, I ask for forgiveness. I, I don't know if I can forgive myself, so then I don't know if I'm hearing God correctly. Yeah, and you know, uh, Tamara, those are great, great questions, and I think you know, there's, there's, um, when we sin, obviously guilt is a natural reaction for our sin. And, and, you know, many people will say that guilt is a bad thing. It's not a bad thing so long as it's used correctly. Because when your guilt causes you to turn to God, and then you release that guilt as he takes it from you, it's a good thing. What's a bad thing is when we take it and we let it eat at us. And we start to feel bad about ourselves. And we start to say, well, you're such a failure. You're such a loser. You can't even do this. You can't even get this right. And see, none of those things are what God says about us. God looks at us and he sees us through what his son did on the cross. And yeah, he wants us to turn away from sin. He wants us to leave those things behind. But he's the one that gives us the strength to do it as we grow closer to him. And so... Um, you know, as you, as you, you know, you go through those things and it's like, oh man, I messed up. You let that guilt turn you to God. And then you say, okay, Lord, you know, I, I trust what you did for me. So I'm releasing this and it's yours and I need you to help me so that I don't do this again. And then, you know, it says that he's cast our sins as far as the East is from the West. I mean, which if you think about a globe, it never ends, you know, they, they just keep spinning, you know? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's like your sin is further than you, from you than you can even imagine. And so, um, so you can't let yourself stay in that place of guilt. Uh, but I, I think your guilt is a pointer to point you towards Jesus. And then when you look towards Jesus, you have to allow him to remove all that stuff. And, and what, what ends up happening is that the enemy, Satan comes in and he, he's called the accuser of the, Rather, and he, he'll entice you to do something that's sinful, and then afterwards he'll say, oh, you're such a horrible person because you did that, you know? Right, um, right. And so we have to just uh, turn our eyes to Jesus and allow him to forgive us and then allow ourselves to move on past that. 
Um, and so we're coming up here on the break in just a second. So okay. I want to I want to pray for you before we go. Um, but yeah, don't don't let that uh, you know. If God can forgive you, and He does, and He did, and it cost Him His Son's life to forgive you, uh, you can forgive yourself, you know. And so, yeah. um, allow yourself to let go of those things. So let's go ahead and pray, Lord. Uh, we come before you, and we lift up Tamara to you right now, and I just thank you for her uh, newfound passion for you and her her desire to learn and grow more in you, Lord. And so I pray that you would. Uh, I pray that you would bring that in her life, that you would just grow her and draw her closer to you. Uh, I pray that you would continue just to move in her life, Lord. I pray that you would bring some other uh, Christians around her that can just encourage her and lift her up and build her up. Uh, I pray that you would give her the opportunities to learn and study and grow closer to you in this time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, stick around. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. All right, you are listening to Calvary Live, the call-in radio show where you can call us and ask questions about the Bible, uh, questions about life, questions about cults. Uh, you can share your prayer requests. We'd love to pray for you, and I uh, would love to talk with you today. My name is Pastor Nate Morris. I'm from Calvary Chapel Vail Valley in the mountains of Colorado. Glad to be hosting today, and I uh, want to take one quick text question before we move on to the lines. I know we've got a couple people on the lines. You can call us uh, at 303-690-3000 or text 720-336-0897. Once again, you can call 303-690-3000 or text 720-336-0897. And uh, Christopher had texted in a question to ask how Moses and Abraham are going to be in heaven since their lives were before the physical coming of Christ. I want to take just a second to answer that question. Uh, it's a great question, Christopher. And so um, Moses and Abraham lived before Jesus came. We know that Jesus' sacrifice is the only thing that could pay uh, for our sin. And so everybody who died before Jesus, uh, the, the, the animal sacrifices only pointed to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so uh, everybody that died before Jesus is saved the same way that everybody that died after Jesus uh, came is saved. And that's by uh, a faith in the, the coming of the Messiah, a faith in the one who would take their place uh, they may not have had a full understanding before Jesus came of what that would look like, but it was by faith and uh, really saved by the substitutional sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. It says that Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And so the cross is the center point of human history. It's really an eternal uh, point. When, you, when it says slain from the foundation of the world, that really Jesus' sacrifice is separate from the timeline in a sense in that it provides atonement for everyone who has placed their faith and trust in God from the beginning of time through today. And so uh, that's a great question, Christopher. Thanks for texting that in. Once again, if you'd like to text in a question, you can text us at 720-336-0897. If you'd like to call, you can call 303-690-3000. And I would like to go to Lloyd on line two. Lloyd, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, so uh, my question is basically, um, right now I am, well, I, I've been feeling lately 
for a while now to, to look for another church. Um, I've been just really, I mean, just craving a lot, a lot like, a, like a lot more word. Like I, I listen to Grace FM pretty much every day, all day. Mm-hmm. It's in my car, you know, I'm always listening. Just, I love the, the Bible studies slash preachings. I mean, the, the, how profound it really is and yeah. uh, translations of Hebrew, uh, Greek words and all that stuff. And so, um, just that at my church, um, that doesn't happen. Um, okay. and so I've just been really craving, uh, a lot of word. And I mean, I've checked out other, uh, another church and I, I mean, to me, I mean, I really enjoy it. I mean, they're really deep in the word, like from Genesis to Revelation, uh, yeah. chapter by chapter. And I mean, I, I, I love that. I mean, I mean, if, it, if, I mean, from what I've learned, I mean, the praise that, or worship that we can sing, I mean, they all come from Scripture. And I mean, um, I think it's knowledge, right? I mean, like the Bible says, my people perish due to lack of knowledge. And I mean, so I, I've just been trying to figure out or share some advice in regards of um, go, uh, picking the church, I guess. Yeah. Or, um so how long have you been involved at your current church? Uh, like five years. Okay. And um, how, do, they, do, they teach, do they teach out of the Bible at, at all, or is it? Um... Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything's Scripture and, and everything, but I feel like it's just like, um, I guess, not very meaty. <laughs> okay. You know? Um, so, but I mean, it's, you know... The center is, is the cross and, and what Christ has done for us and, you yeah. know, repentance and, you know, um, uh, all that stuff. So, um, like I said, I, I think it's just not very, it's not very deep in, in study. You okay. Know? I think it's more preaching, Yeah. Uh, if anything. Okay. And um, do you, are you, are you fairly involved or is it more like, is it, do you go on Sunday? Are you in small groups or do you know the pastor or anything like that at your current church? Yes. Uh, I'm actually involved with like worship. Okay, cool. Well, you know, here's what I would say. I, I think, um, and, and I have opinions kind of on both sides of this because I, you know, I've been a pastor. Uh, I've been a senior pastor for eight years and I've been a pastor for 11 years, something like that. And so um, I've seen lots of people come and go from several different churches and seen people go from one church to another one and some of those things. So here's, I, I would give you a word of caution and then also a word of, uh, of encouragement. Um, I would say that you want to, if you're going to leave a church, you want to make sure that you're leaving for the right reasons um, because church is family. And I think that, you know, it, it's not just a matter of preferential, you know, I don't like the way this person says that, or I don't like the music, those types of things. I, I don't think those are necessarily good reasons to leave a church. Um, I think if you're feeling like you're not getting taught the word, the full word of God, I think that, I mean, that, that might warrant something if you're feeling like, man, I just want to go deeper. I want to grow more and I'm not getting that here. At the same time, you might be able to be one to speak that to um, into that that group, you know, and I don't know what the dynamic is at your church, but um, yeah. You know, maybe maybe you you offer to lead or teach a, a an inductive Bible study or or a, 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 an expositional Bible study 
where you go verse by verse through, you know, rather than a topical type thing. Um, right. Or, you know, I, I think that often the things that we feel lack for, um, especially if we're in a solid church, are things that maybe God is stirring us to do. Um, now, that said, um, it may very well be the, 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 the Lord, the Spirit leading you to, to look for a new church, to look for a different place to get involved. Um, I see that you're in Aurora. Is that right? Yes. Okay, so I mean, the, the, the church that owns this radio station, Calvary Chapel Aurora, is a great Bible teaching church. You pro I'm sure you've heard Pastor Ed on the radio a bunch, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. And he's, he's a good friend of mine, and, and he's an amazing pastor, an amazing teacher, and you, would, you, would, you could do a lot worse than going to that church. It's an amazing church. Uh, yeah. So I'd highly recommend, highly recommend Calvary Aurora. Um, so I, I, what I would do if I were you is I would take some time and pray about it. And then I, I would have a conversation with your pastor or your leadership and just say, mm -hmm. you know, I really, I feel like, I feel like I want to get some, you know, get a little bit more in depth in, in what I understand. And, you know, yeah. I, you know, I don't, maybe it's something that you speaking that into the pastor's heart, he'll, he'll be like, well, you know, I've been thinking, I, you know, maybe I should get in a little bit more. And I didn't know anybody would like that. I don't, I don't really yeah. know. But um, yeah, I, mean, I would just, well, that, I mean, I, I don't know, like, I, this has been going on for like, I would say like a month or, or two. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm, it, it has been something that I, I have talked to him about, Okay. but it, I just kind of got a response of, you know, things need to be balanced and stuff. And um, I mean, they, I guess they, I mean, they do, I do, they, they do like do uh, like, uh, for example, like on Tuesdays, they do Bible study at church, but it turns more like preachings, and it's not so much of a, of a Bible study, you know? And then they do them, like, uh, like in classrooms, but mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you can barely fit maybe 15 people in that classroom, and the church is like three to 400 members, you yeah. know? And so um, it's kind of like when the days that I can actually go to can the thing the days that I can actually take off from work to go to church are the days of service and those are the days you know that it's not very yeah you know deep in word and so it's kind of like a little frustrating you know at the same time I mean I try yeah. tried to make those those days you know where mm -hmm. I'll do the studies but for example like I've gone to to check out other churches and uh, a church in particular where, I mean, I feel super motivated, super, you know, like, with my head just filled with Word of God, and I'm just like, like, wow, you know, like, for me personally, it's like, wow, like, this church really feels like I can grow and, you know, be very, like, motivated and inspired by the Word of God at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I don't know, it's, it, it's a little tricky, you yeah. know, because I don't want, like you said, I mean, there's a and you can be encouraged and, you know, be led by the Spirit, but at the same time, I don't want to be uh, like a goat, you know, jumping around churches and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. Or, you know what I mean? Or just making a mistake. Because, I mean, me personally, I feel like, like, wow, like this is the place. But I don't know if it's just doubt, you know, that's creeping in, you know, and trying to, I don't know, mess with my head at the same yeah. time. Yeah, you know, and I think here's what I would say. I'd say that you want to be where the Lord wants you, you know. And I, I had, a, I, I used to pastor a church in Denver, actually, 
uh, in Lakewood on the other side of town from you. And, you know, I, I had, whenever I'd have somebody come up to me and say, you know, I'm really feeling led to go to a different church, you know, over here, this thing like that. My reaction to that was always, you know, okay, you know, I want you to be where the Lord wants you to be. And if you're feeling like God, if you really feel like it's God's leading you to go over there, then you should be there. Because honestly, I mean, even from a selfish perspective, if you stay here, you're kind of like Jonah, you know, uh, Jonah <laughs> yeah. on the boat. And then it's like, you know, I don't want you bringing the ship down, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah so. absolutely. And, and that's what I mean. I mean, I, that's where, you know, I'm just, I just want to play it safe. I, I really want to make sure that I'm, I'm not, you know, um, like Jonah, just want me wanting to do what I want to do, you know, and yeah. um, mm-hmm. I want I want to make sure that I'm where I need to be because I mean I want ultimately I, I want to serve in the church and you know impact you know the 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 community around the church, you know, and and so um, I mean just having a, a impact, you know, and yeah. so. Um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, and I, I thought of that as well of maybe I need to be the one, you know, mm-hmm. um, putting or making that step forward of, Hey, yeah. you should do this. But like I said, I mean, I've talked to the pastor uh, about it, Yeah. but it's not, it doesn't look like, you know, I didn't get like that kind of vibe of, well, um, we should definitely start doing that kind of thing, yeah. you know? <laughs> so. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. You know, and I think the biggest thing is if I, this is this is kind of the thing that I think is important is if you're going to leave a church, just make sure you leave well. You know, and this is for everybody that's listening in because I think, especially in our culture, there is a lot of hopping around, and you know, we kind of we want to find the right fit um, for us, and that's okay, and that's good. Uh, but just make sure when you when you leave to leave well, I, you know, I, I think that you want to let your pastor know, you want to let the, some people know and say, love you guys. It's not that, you know, it's not that I think you're a cult or something, you know, <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah. No, absolutely. but and, and just, I, I think what, like you said, what I really take away is what, uh, what you said is, you know, the church is family and, and definitely is. Yeah. So, so, I mean, so, I mean, could you, you know, pray for me, brother, and make sure yeah. I mean, that God absolutely you know, guide me, you know. And this yeah. is, I, I very am fearful of, of God uh, and, you know, being outside of his will. So. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think, it, I think you'll, you, you, you will, when, when the spirit's leading you, you have a, a peace about it and you have um, a, a direction in there. And I think the reasons that you're giving for wanting to look for a new church are not, they're not bad reasons. Um, I, I'm not saying that I think anything's wrong with your current church. It just may not be where God has you. Um, if that's, if that's what's going on in this situation. So, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, would. People are going to church or going there for, for a reason, you know, so yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that yeah. it's, yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's lift it up together. Let's come before the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Father, we just come before you and I lift up Lloyd to you and ask that you would just, um, just give him direction. Lord, I pray that you would lead him, that you'd speak clearly uh, he would just know in his heart what the right decision is and that he would do that, Lord. And um, he wants to honor you. And so I pray that you would just make clear what that looks like. And uh, wherever it is that you'd have him land, as far as a church family goes, Lord, I pray that you would help him just to, to plug in and engage and, and use his gifts and, and his talents and his, his ability to contribute, Lord, that he would be uh, a vital part of that, that fellowship, that congregation, wherever that is, Lord. And so I pray, just give him direction, give him wisdom. Uh, and help him just to to know. And so we pray these things together in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great day. Have a good one. Thanks. All right. God bless.
You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nate Morris from Calvary Chapel Vale Valley in the mountains of Colorado hosting the program today. If you'd like to call in with a question or a prayer request, you can call us at 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, that phone number to text is 720-336-0897. 0897. And I would like to go to Benny on line one. Benny, welcome to the program. Benny, are you with us? Looks like we might have lost Benny. Oh, Benny, is that you there? Nope, guess not. All right, I'm going to take a quick look at the text line. I had one comment come in on text. It says, I have a comment about homosexuality. God told Adam and Eve to go multiply. Homosexuals cannot multiply. Yeah, I mean, that's true. You know, it's it's not possible to do that. I I think that that is, um, it's valid, but I think that that kind of misses the the bigger picture of the point is that that marriage, that the marriage relationship is a reflection of God. um, And you know, um, and then the church's relationship to God and to Jesus Christ. And so um, I don't think it's as much about multiplication as it is about um, God's design, God's plan, God's purpose for uh, men and women in marriage relationships. And so, uh, and then once again, we want to we want to speak the truth, but we want to speak the truth in love. And that's really the, the important thing. I think that the debate around homosexuality today um, in today's culture is very heated. And I think that as Christians, we need to be careful that not only that we speak the truth and we need to be careful to do that, but we need to speak the truth in love, uh, understanding that it's not the fact that that person deals with homosexuality that, that's making them a sinner and separated from God. It, it's the fact that they're a sinner uh, by nature. And, uh, you know, we all are. And yes, that's something that God's going to need to deal with. But that person needs Jesus just as much as uh, the person who cheated on their taxes just as much as the person who had an outburst of anger against somebody else. And uh, all of those things are, are sinful and they, they need to be submitted before God and we need to be forgiven for those things. And so make sure that we're speaking the truth in love when it comes to uh, any sin that we're talking about, especially with non-believers. All right, so I'd like to go to Jacob on line one. Jacob, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Very good. I just have a quick question for you. I um, I don't have a Bible in front of me, so I can't read it word for word, but it's 1 Corinthians 7. Um, I can't remember the, the verse exactly where it is, but it's basically Paul, and he's talking about um, how he says that it's better—well, and this is what I'm asking, because in there, I mean, it basically says that it's better for us to remain single, because when we're single, we're— focus more on God than if we're, you know, married or if we're mm-hmm. with somebody. And so I guess I just want more clarification on that. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. First Corinthians 7 is, it talks about uh, principles of marriage. And really, Paul is addressing this because of some questions that came to him from the Corinthian mm. church. So, so the very first verse in First Corinthians 7 says, now concerning the things of which you wrote to me. And so, uh, apparently, the, the Corinthians had written a letter to Paul and gave him some questions about marriage. And so he says, I'll just kind of read through this so that you can kind of understand 
the, the big picture. You know, he says, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Uh, and he kind of goes on into what that relationship looks like. And then uh, he goes on to the unmarried. He says, but I say to the unmarried or and to the widows, it's good for them to remain, remain even as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry, for it's better to marry than to burn with passion. And then he kind of goes on to keeping your marriage vows uh, through through mm-hmm. that section there. And then he goes on a little bit further, talking about um, living as you're called. You know, remain in the state you were in when when God called you. And um, you know, kind of the part that you're referring to is towards the end of the chapter. You get to um, verse you know, 29, and he says, but I say this, brethren, the time is short, so that from now on, even those who have wives should be as though they had none, those who weep as though they did not weep, those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice, those who buy as though they did not possess, and those who use this world as not misusing it, for the form of this world is passing away. But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. And so mm-hmm. what he's saying, really, there, there's two um, kind of things to take into to consideration here. Um, one of them is that there's another scripture, and I'm forgetting the exact reference, that says because of the present distress, um, it, it talks about the present distress uh, being specifically some of the persecution that the church was undergoing at that time. And so... Um, on the one hand, he's saying, you know, it's better, you know, not to get married in the middle of this crazy persecution because it's going to make it really hard for you right now, um, you know. And uh, oh, it's actually just a few verses before. Sorry, I just missed it right there. It's First Corinthians seven twenty-six. Yeah, First Corinthians seven twenty-six says, "I suppose therefore that this is good because of the present distress that it is good for a man to remain as he is." And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were under an intense season of persecution. And so it's basically Paul saying, hey, right now things are crazy and, um, you know, you can get married if you want to, you know, if, if you're, it's better to marry than to burn with passion. But, you know, it might be better for you to just focus on the things of the Lord right now because it's going to heat up worse than it is even right now. And I want you to be, you know, carefree and focused on the Lord. Um, so, you know, just kind of keep your eyes on where he is to that. So. Uh, that's the, the one side of it is the present distress. On the other side, he does speak truth when he says that he was unmarried, cares for the things of the Lord, right? And so he, he's not prohibiting marriage, not at all. Right. Um, but he is he is saying something that you know if you are um, if you're single, you have a lot more time on your hands, and I can attest to that. <laughs> you know, as a married man with three little kids, I have very little free time on my hands. Um, and so sure. thankfully, thankfully I get to serve the Lord full time as a pastor for, for, for income. So that frees me right. up. But as a married father of three, you know, my time is very limited outside of what I'm doing. And so, um, want to, uh, you know, when Paul's speaking like this, he's saying, Hey, if you're single, it's good that you're single. Um, and I think this is something that does get lost in the church today. It's kind of people hmm. think, well, you know, oh, the goal is to get married and you're not really a full member of the church until you're married and then you have kids and all that stuff. Singleness is actually a great thing for Christians. Um, 
and not that I'm saying that that everybody should stay single, but but when you are, if you're focused on the things of the Lord, it really frees you up to be used by God in great ways. Um, And so, uh, you know, obviously he, on the the flip side of things, he, you know, says that um, because at the beginning of the chapter, he said, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and each woman her own husband. And so, uh, I think it's really that kind of that balance there. So does that make sense? It does. Yeah, I was I was reading it and I figured that that was the case, but uh, but just wanted to make sure. And then um, I know we're coming close. I just want to add more thing. And that is uh, I just want to praise God. I, I um, used to be an addict. I was a drug addict for a long time. And thankfully, God got me out of that lifestyle. I have uh, two years and eight months sober now. So I just want to awesome. see if you could pray and just continue to, you know, help have God help me to, to remain strong and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's definitely bring that before the Lord. I'd love to pray for you. Um, and that's awesome. What a, what a testimony that is. So, thank you. Um, Lord, we just thank you so much for the work that you've done in Jacob's life, Lord, for delivering him and for um, setting him free from that addiction. And I, I just always am in awe of how you change lives, Lord. And, you know, we say, we look at our lives and we look at things that we just think that we can't do anything about and you come in and you change him up, Lord. And so it's so grateful for that and grateful for that in Jacob's life. And I just pray uh, that you would just continue to grow him. I pray that you would give him strength, Lord, to, to face the challenges that he, he will continue to face with that and that you just give him continued freedom and hope and uh, renewal in you. And so I pray uh, specifically over um, him as he as he faces that battle, Lord, as, as I'm sure there are times when he still thinks about it, I pray that you would uh, help him just to be able to take every thought captive and, and bring it into subjection, into obedience to you, Lord. And I pray that you would help him to have his eyes set on you and his hope set on you. And I pray that you would just give him uh, clarity and vision and purpose and help him to know uh, what the things are that you would have him do, Lord. And so, um, thank you for him. Thank you for uh, his question today, and pray that you would just encourage him and fill him up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you so much, Pastor. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for your call. Of course. Have a good one. God bless. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Looks like we have time for maybe one more call to, today. Uh, if you'd like to call in with a question, you can call us at 303-690-3000. Once again, that phone number is 303-690-3000. Or you can text 720-336-0897. Once again, the number to text is 720-336-0897. Just a couple minutes left three open lines and if you've ever you know thought man I should call with this question and uh, you didn't because you thought the lines would be full um, you know now's a great time to call in for that also I uh, want to let you know about uh, a conference that's coming to Calvary Aurora on June 1st at 6 30 p.m. Uh, June 1st at Calvary Aurora it's called the Undivided Attention Conference and it actually uh, is a conference on homosexuality and transgenderism and, um, you know, all of the associated things that are going to be along with that. It's for youth, for youth leaders, teachers, parents, uh, just to, to learn uh, about, you know, these issues, to learn about how it relates to the scriptures and how we honor the Lord. Um, and so this is uh, the speaker is going to be Brett Kunkel. He's with Maven Ministries, and it's um, going to be a time where you can go and, and learn some more about those things. So if maybe you had some questions pop up because of our 
conversations today regarding homosexuality, regarding uh, same-sex attraction or homosexual practice or some of those things, uh, maybe this would be a good opportunity for you to come and get some more information about that. Once again, that's the Undivided Attention Conference, and it's going to be at Calvary Aurora in Aurora at 6.30 p.m. on June 1st. And the address there is 18900 East Hamden Avenue, uh, just one block east of Tower Road on Hamden. And if you're looking, if you live in the Aurora area and you're looking for a church, that's a great church to, to visit. Uh, also, if you ever are in the uh, the Vale area, maybe you're here on vacation for our, our East Coast uh, listeners. If you're ever in the Vale area, would love to have you come visit Calvary Chapel Vale Valley. We have services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 5.30 p.m. Uh, on Sundays at Calvary Chapel Vale Valley. You can get more information about our church at ccvv.org. That's ccalvarychapelvvvalevalley.org. Uh, or if you'd like more information about Calvary Aurora, you can go to calvaryaurora.org for information there. And we are about to the end of our time, and so thank you for tuning in today. Hope you were encouraged and blessed by our time together today. And uh, I just want you to, to encourage you to not settle for less than God's best for your life. Not settle uh, for sinful behaviors that are stuck in your life. God wants so much better for you. Uh, not settle for things that, that, that don't please and don't honor God. Because ultimately, when you really want peace and joy and happiness, it comes from having a solid, right relationship with the Father. So don't settle for less. Don't let the, the, the broken down walls be okay. God wants to restore, rebuild, and renew your life. And uh, I hope that that leaves you with a word of encouragement today. You can tune in to us again on Monday at 4 p.m. here in the Denver area and uh, also rebroadcast on the East Coast as well. And, uh, you know, would love to answer some more of your questions then. All right, have a great afternoon. Have a good evening. You've been listening God to bless. Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.